Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be taking a look at what the music industry is doing right now during this time of social unrest and music's role during the civil rights movement. This is Music Speaks with Paolo. What's poppin'? Brand new whip just hopped in. It's your boy Paolo here. So, it goes without saying, but we are in a pretty crazy time right now. Not only in the US, but the whole world. While we are living this time, I wanted to take a look at what the music industry and other musicians are doing, and then take a little bit of a look at music's role during the civil rights movement. So let's get started. Music in the age of social unrest. First, I want to raise some questions. For context, I am a non-black person of color, and I also happen to make music, which goes into my first question. Should any non-black person of color really be creating right now? It's uh, It seems like a really weird question, but I feel like for my own music, for example, it's it feels really strange to make any kind of music right now, just because the moment right now is very much focused on social issues with black Americans. So by creating some kind of music and trying to promote it, it feels like I'm taking away the attention from that moment. And I think that's not what we should be doing. Uh, rather, I feel it's necessary to use my voice and I encourage other people to do the same to raise the voices of black artists because they're the ones who are currently at the forefront of this conversation of this difficult time. So should anyone be creating? I would say yes and no. Yes, because you want to create something that is very meaningful and valuable that creates a lot of conversation to help move forward this social issue. But if you're chasing clout right now, I think that just, it's just not the time, you know? My second question is, should we put efforts into raising black voices? I kind of answered that already, but the answer is absolutely yes. Um, if you are going to create anything, make it something that will, will raise voices rather than your own. And that's just to the people who are non-black, white, people of color, no matter what. Those are just my thoughts on that. So next, I want to talk about a couple of songs that have uh, been released recently that are really that really speak to the moment. So first is the song Pig Feet by Terrace Martin, Denzel Curry, featuring Kamasi Washington, G. Perico, and Daylit. Firstly, this track is a banger. Uh, it, it's amazing. Denzel's verse is incredible. Uh, I, I mean, this, this is the kind of thing he raps about all the time, um, like in Black Balloons. A lot of songs on there are very politically charged. Denzel made a cover of Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine, so this is like his thing. Uh, Kamasi Washington, uh, man, <laughs> he, he's so he's so good on the sax. I, he's incredible. I don't even know what to say. And then uh, Daylit's verse. Wow. Um, and this song came with a music video that showed all of the police brutality that's going on during these protests. Seeing those images are, it's, it's really tough to watch, but I think it's really important that people see it, that it just shows how much of an issue, how much of a systemic problem this is. And there's just so much irony in it, you know? Like, people are protesting police brutality and police are 
brutalizing people. Like, hello? <laughs> Does that make sense to anyone? I, I don't know. That's just, that's just insane to me. Um, but, I mean, overall, the song's incredible. I think it's amazing. And I think if anyone were to promote any kind of music, this is the kind of music that should be promoted. Uh, the next song that I've heard recently is I Am George Floyd by Lil B. Um, if this is the Lil B I'm thinking of, like, you know, Lil B, the bass god, uh, this is, this is a, I, to me, it was a pretty surprising track. Um, it sounded like a, a freestyle or a loosely written song, um, and he raps people's names. He says, I am blank. Uh, he says, I am George Floyd. I am Sandra Bland. Um, it's kind of a call to the Say Their Names uh, campaign that I've been seeing a lot of. Um, I'm not sure if it would really be called a campaign, but kind of the movement, um, the idea that say their name, give them value, personify them. Throughout the song, he raps about police brutality, just more issues of black people getting shot uh, just and judged based on the color of their skin. Um, and I, I thought it was a very powerful and moving song as well. The cover art for the song was just a black box, which felt like a call to the Blackout Tuesday, which I actually want to talk about next. Um, so if you may or may not know, Blackout Tuesday was originally planned by the music industry by a couple executives at Atlantic Records. Their names are Jamila Thomas and Brianna Agiemang, um, who was a former Atlantic Records employee. So the whole idea was that the music industry was going to take a pause for the day and reflect on their values, reflect on who works for them, reflect on who they work for. And it, it, it was really interesting because it felt almost counterintuitive that day because so much of social media was blacked out. It was getting rid of valuable information for protesters and people who just wanted to get educated. To me, kind of felt like a failed initiative on the surface, but if you think of it from the music industry perspective, a lot of good came from it, which is pretty good. The whole day, people were just posting the black squares and weren't being very productive. I, I don't know, it was pretty tough. But yeah, from... A music industry perspective, uh, a lot of changes happen, and the first one I want to talk about is Republic Records removing the word urban from their vocabulary. This is definitely a change that is long overdue. I've seen recently the Grammys did that. Um, actually, I think the day of I'm recording this, the Grammys took away the word urban from their vocabulary. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it reminds me of the Tyler Creator Grammy speech when he says that black artists get boxed into the urban or rap category, which really says a lot for the institution of the Recording Academy. I mean, if you look at the people voting, it's like majority white, which also reminds me of Beyonce's grad speech to the class of 2020 when she called out the music industry for how white it is. Um, she was saying how she had to work 10 times harder and how she had to climb her way to the top. And now she's Beyonce, which is, you know, that's so cool to see all of her hard work pay off. But yeah, I mean, I feel, yeah, I mean, I feel like um, the need to call out these things is, is 
very much there. Like you have to call out moments of racial injustice. And it's not just the job of the black people who are being oppressed. It is the job of everyone. Everyone needs to call out these systemic issues. So yeah, Republic getting rid of the word urban. I'm sure other record labels will follow suit. And thankfully the Grammys are also making the change of getting rid of the word urban. They changed the urban category though to progressive R&B. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to be. Um, I mean, they changed other things too, like uh, best new artists, the qualifications for it. Um, they changed the Latin categories, renamed them, redefined them essentially. But I mean, it is pretty evident things are getting done. And although we still have a long way to go, there are things being done, which is really great. Next, I want to talk about what labels have been doing on social media. For example, RCA, Republic, and Columbia, they've been doing a lot of different things that I want to highlight. So for example, RCA and Republic, they archived almost all of their posts, except for um, a few select ones that either shed light on the current situation or highlight black artists. Um, RCA, for example, they uh, have videos by Sir, Coffee, Alicia Keys, just to name a few artists, um, highlighting their music, highlighting black artists' music. Republic has a, beyond, a post for Brianna Taylor's birthday. Also, it has uh, valuable information for kids and even has a call to action to go vote in primaries, which I'm, I don't, I've never seen... A record label take a political stance like that before so this is really interesting to see especially given that these companies promote so much on their social media and they just archived all of it took a pause on all of it just to stand in solidarity i actually used to intern at rca records and i remember on new music fridays we would have to come out with like six at least because so many artists came out with songs and yeah, I was in charge of like the social media posts and just seeing none at all coming out is really interesting. Um, it really shows how labels are committed to the moment. Columbia records along with Republic, they blocked out, um, all their highlights, um, on their stories. So they're all black at the moment or at least have a black background. Um, so another callback to the Blackout Tuesday. And yeah, that's that's a lot of what I've seen so far. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more going on that I've missed, but those are just a few of the things that I wanted to highlight. Um, so next I actually wanted to go into the role of music during the civil rights movement. So if you're unfamiliar, music has played a very vital role in the development of black communities, um, which reaches as far back as slavery. There were many instances of slaves gathering together during off time um, where they would c come together and sing spirituals, hymns, folk music. Eventually, this music would develop into gospel music um, and then even R&B, hip hop as it is today. So there's a long, long history of music in 
the black community. Um, I really recommend reading the book, The Spirituals and the Blues by James Cone. James Cone, this is uh, almost like his life's work. He just studies spirituals and the blues um, and and makes the connection between uh, what it is to be spiritual, what it is to be black, um, and then how that plays and how music plays a role in all of that. Um, so during the civil rights movement, uh, you could find many protesters singing freedom songs, which were familiar hymns such as this little light of mine and we shall overcome. And they would sing these songs while peacefully protesting. Um, and I think it's really interesting that we don't necessarily have any of these freedom songs today. So that kind of shifted from using those songs as a source of power, as a voice of community, as a way of coming together. Um, and now we're just dancing to the Cupid shuffle. <laughs> um, but I think it also says a little bit something about who is protesting these days, because it's not just uh, black Americans protesting in the streets, but it's also people of all races, genders, colors, um, everyone's in the street in solidarity uh, with with what's going on, uh, which is uh, really great to see because it's such a stark contrast. Um, there was mostly black people protesting during the civil rights movement. So clearly the movement has evolved. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement now has more support than ever, I'm pretty sure, uh, which is really great to see. So yeah, that's just a little bit of history on that. Um, so I just wanted to leave off with the question, are they doing enough? Um, are music labels, music companies doing enough? Do you think all of this social activism is what is needed right now? Um, I know Sony Music, they have a fund together of up to $100 million. If you donate to employees on Tuesday, the company will match those donations. Uh, do you think that's what is needed? Do you think there is something more that needs to be done? Um, I know a lot of music companies are focusing on their personnel, uh, training anti-racism and uh, focusing on hiring uh, BIPOCs, BIPOC. Um, so in the coming weeks, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, it's only been a couple weeks into this now and a lot of change has already been done. Um, from police forces being dismantled to budgets being reallocated. So on a global scale, it's going to be very interesting. But from a music perspective, it's also going to be very interesting. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Are they doing enough? Should they be doing more? Um, is there anything that you disagree with me on? Is there anything that you would like to talk about as well? I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, you can DM me on Instagram or Twitter um, at Palo.Estrella on Instagram, Palo Estrella double underscore on Twitter. A mini plug for my own music, Nice Boy Palo. Look me up on all platforms. Um, and yeah, if you made it this far, sick. That's awesome. Um, this is kind of a trial run for this podcast. 
episode one, just kind of trying to see it out, feel it out, you know? I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, might be bi-weekly, might not be. It's, uh, it's all gonna depend. It's all up in the air, you know? It all depends. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Music Speaks with Paolo. Thanks.